on The Way 101.1. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Iran wants to be the fuel for a chemical fire. Here's something else that's hot, belief in angels. And here's something that's not hot, the U.S. dollar. And whenever you try to mess with the land of Israel, well, you students of prophecy, prophecy rather, knows what happens next. Those stories and more are next as we explore the signs of the times, our weekly look at Bible prophecies we find in the world's news, for Friday, August 4th, 2023. But before we get to our stories, we'll get to our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie, but not scary, insurance products. And they can insure you from your home to the nursing home and everything in between. It's a team effort. Yes. For a personalized, no-obligation quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Dot com. Listen to or watch this show again. Share previous episodes with your friends or with those you want to be your friends because nothing says I want to be your friend like sharing Bible prophecy. Or ask Pastor Mark that prophecy question you can't stop thinking about by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now. Here to shed light on the darkened minds of the world is Pastor Mark, who recently bought a horse. I asked him if he was going to race him, and he said, no, the horse is a lot faster than I am. Uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Now that's, yeah unless, you're, unless you're Elijah coming back down from Mount Carmel. <laughs> Thank you for working Bible facts into there the joke. Go. There you go. Let's uh, keep it biblical. Keep it biblical. Keep, keeping it biblical. Today, August 4th, on this day in 1950, listen to this. Sometimes the best things are unplanned. In 1950, inventor Edgar Ellington set out to make waterproof socks, but but accidentally created water grenades instead. Known today as water balloons, we can't imagine our childhood summers without their bursting amusement. So happy water balloon day. Yeah, no, that's great. I was going to say, how the word do you get from socks to something that has like C4 in it? You know, that's explosive. I mean, that, you're not messing, but water. I, I, got, I, got water, I got you. I was like, man, that's pretty intense. But anyway, water balloon day. So it greet, H2O. greet dad when he comes back from work today in the celebration with a, of water, with a water balloon grenade. day. Not filled with C4, but H2O. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just to clarify, we're not condoning the latter, or the former, only the latter. That's right. That's right. So anyway, uh, do you want to get into, go? just go ahead into articles, or do you you want to let that, what we talked about before the show? Yeah, no, we can okay. jump right in, and we'll bring it up as we get to it. A lot of stuff to talk about, and some extra things we may throw in there, but we can jump right into articles, yeah. All right. That sounds good. Let's get into some articles, uh, specifically starting off with Ezekiel 38 and 39 this week. Uh, this is from I-24 News, uh, Pastor Mark. Never heard of them before. Uh, hopefully we have vetted them, but uh, from the likes of it, it looks like this is legit. Israeli report warning Iran is helping Syria develop advanced chemical weapons for future use. Yeah, and again, just further seeing stuff fall into place here for uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39. It says in a report published on Wednesday, Israeli researchers suggested that Iran is helping Syria build its arsenal of chemical and advanced weapons for possible use by the Islamic Republic, its proxies, and Russia. The two researchers charged that Iran's focus in Syria is to develop and manufacture precision missiles and rockets 
cruise missiles, and unmanned aerial vehicles using the scientific studies and research center that's there, okay? Now, this is interesting. To Iran, the SSRC is envisioned as a growth engine for the development and production of modern conventional weapons based on Iranian technology on Syrian soil. This changes the game here, see? Tehran sees the center's operations as shortening and saving the logistics of transferring weapons from Iran, which is more valuable harm and disruption uh, and obstruction. So typically what's been going on, Greg, you've got to bring in the big guns. You've got to fly in the stuff they want that has the bigger impact from Iran. They don't have the technology um, to send everything they want quickly to uh, Israel. Uh, if they send, it may be shot down. Uh, some things couldn't get there. They have, they have stuff they can get there, but not like they want. If they're building it and putting it together right there as an extra neighbor, that's a real quick drop. So when you have this, and you can be watching soon, you'll see more explosions as Israel goes in and and blows up their facilities because they can't let this go on. Well, I was going to say what they've done is they've just made it for easier for Israel to take it out, yeah, I mean, versus having to figure out where in Iran this is right. and be more uh, clandestine and cloaked. Right about targeting that stuff. Yeah, and they still have to have their spies there in Syria, their feet yeah, on the ground. As well. But, I mean, Israel's very good at that. If anybody's they're, good at having spies on the ground, good. it is the Israeli Mossad yeah. and all that. So uh, I think you're going to see some some things taking a place here. But, again, it's interesting. They're talking about um, putting together the missiles that carry it, you know, cruise missiles. It's not just the, the chemicals right. and the other things. Uh, nuclear at some point, possibly, but it's the missiles that can get yeah. it there, get it there quickly. And you think, you know, Greg, you don't have time to think in Israel. I mean, it is like literally, it'd yeah. be like, it'd be like on the border of, 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 you know, Tennessee and Kentucky and somebody shoots into Tennessee. You can't stop that or Tennessee and Kentucky. It's like, it's right there. So uh, keep your eye on this. I think it's, it, it doesn't, I don't think there's going to be chemical weapons that are going to be spread in Israel. If they are, it'll be limited and, and, and not do much damage, but it's just further building up of them getting ready to make their move against Israel from uh, the northern border. Okay. All right, we've got a uh, couple of articles regarding America. Yeah. None of them good. Uh, This one is from Newsmax.com. It's a poll that indicates about 7 in 10 U.S. adults believe in angels. Yeah. So, is are these real angels biblically, or angels that are got uh, women, or I mean, what's well, kind of funny? There's a couple by an angel, yeah, the TV show. You'll I mean, see what are we talking well, Let me read the article. There's something funny in the article itself, okay. which I find amusing. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they did it on purpose. I would have to think they did, but but even more than that, it's something that caught my attention in this article. It's not just believing in angels. It's um, it, it goes deeper. Listen to what it says. Angels get even more credence than astrology, reincarnation, and the belief that physical things can have spiritual energies. I like how they linked angels with astrology and reincarnation. Uh, in fact, about seven in ten U.S. adults say they believe in angels. Well, they should because again, God created them, uh, according to the new poll by the Associated Press. Uh, NORC, the Center for Public Affairs Research, and I quote, people are yearning for something greater than themselves. You know, now I don't see that much, uh, but now I get what I'm being silly. I, I get that. Beyond their own understanding. So, now look at this. Said J- uh, Jack Groger, a chaplain for the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> I mean, that's amusing. No, I mean, no did, pun they, did, yeah, but did they go to him on yeah. purpose to get the Los Angeles Angels <laughs> chaplain due to an angel story? That's funny. And a longtime Southern California fire captain who has aided many people in their gravest moments. He said, for a lot of people, look, look at this. For a lot of people, angels are a lot safer to worship. Yeah, interesting statement. Isn't that interesting? Said Groger, who also pastors a non-denominational church in Orange, California, and is a chaplain for the NHL's Anaheim Ducks. He's not saying he approves of that or that he worships. He's just making the comment that people are he's, worshiping he's saying, angels. He's saying why. Yeah. He says people turn to angels for comfort. They are familiar, regularly showing up in pop culture as well as in the Bible. Comparatively, worshiping Jesus is far more involved. When Groger preaches about angels, it is with the context that they are part of God's kingdom. So the article indicates he's viewing angels properly. But, Greg, what's interesting about this, I remember going to Santa Fe, and there were people there that worshipped angels. They would have gatherings. I mean, almost like a church where they come together and worship angels at a at a church gathering. Um, and, of course, in Santa Fe, they have a lot of weird stuff there. It's a lot of New Age and spiritist-type stuff. So I've heard of this stuff being around. I know that it's there. Uh, the Scripture talks about the worship of angels. You know, that's talked about in the New Testament. But we don't, we don't really see that around here. Not that we know of the worship of angels. 
But as we get weirder and weirder and get farther from God, you're going to see more and more of this biblical false worship that the Bible talks about. And to me, to have an article here that talks about, you know, and again, I can see it in California as well, worshiping angels. I think you're going to see more and more of this. And by the way, it is Satan that wants to be worshiped like God. Satan is what? He is an angel. And I believe, Greg, the Greek pantheon, I believe, is the demonic realm behind that getting worship from mankind. I believe that. I think that I'm not saying that, you know, that, that Thor is real and all these things are real. I'm saying I believe a lot of the false gods of the old culture, the Greek culture, the Roman culture, I believe they were real demons behind yeah. them. Yeah. And I think Scripture indicates that. Yeah. I think real demons were behind them wanting to be worshipped. So, Greg, it was the worship of angels in the Greek pantheon, and now it's the worship of angels in Satan and in what's going on here. Well, you know, worship and idolatry are, um, you know, can be tied together because when you talk about these creatures in Greek mythology that right. played out on movie screens now for us, yeah, okay, in all these uh, recent movies that have come out by DC Comics or is Marvel, it Marvel, 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 DC, yeah, they okay. both, yeah. All right, either way, um, you know, at best, these people are idolizing these characters, yeah, and attributing power or reality to them yeah. and that leads into to to worship yeah okay but what's interesting and i, I wish he would i wish he would have mentioned this in the article um, because it sounds like he's trying to do the right thing when he's trying to link angels to the the bible is that they're part of god's kingdom yeah but it's it's important to note that any time in scripture when we see somebody trying to worship an angel the angel immediately stops them and tells them, no, that's right. You don't worship me. That's right. You worship God. Yeah. So for those of you that might know someone who's into that, know that, first of all, real angels will never accept worship. That's right. Only God is worthy of our worship and that's the right. angels will point the way to him. So that's a that's one indication we can know. And second of all, that all the angels in Scripture we see are men. They're not women. So if any of these angels happen to be depicted as women yeah. out there, that's another sign that that's not a biblical angel. Yeah, yeah. And you're exactly right, Greg. Angels do not accept worship. A true angel of God does not. The fallen angels do. They want to be worshipped. And yes, so it's they almost do. like Satan. Look, he wants to be God. He wants to be worshipped like God. And all of his minions with him, they'll, yeah. hey, bow down to me. If you want to call me Thor, if you want to call me whatever you want to call me, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. then, then that's fine. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's, you know, to watch a, a, a fantasy movie that's fake. And I'm not saying that's wrong. No. In, in all instances, that's not my mm. point. But I'm saying in the, in the Greek culture, the Roman culture, you know, Paul talks about the fact behind these uh, idols and deities were real demons. He said, you're yeah. worshiping demons if you get involved yeah. in these idol worship in those temples in that day. Yeah. And so the angels are seeking worship. So I believe there's some real legitimacy to this angel worship. There's probably some real yeah. spiritual things going on. Yeah. It's just illegitimate and it's sinful yeah. before God. You know, and one more thing to add to that, Pastor Mark, and that is what's, what's interesting to me when you were reading the article, this is what uh, came to my mind. These people cannot help but worship these angels. Yeah. Because the Bible tells us when we look at the totality of Scripture is that if we're not worshiping the one true living God, God's design, first of all, God designed us to worship him. That's what we're created for. So if we're not worshiping God the way we were created because we were created to worship him, we're going to be worshiping something or someone else. And in this case, these people, and that's just inherent in our our. Our soul that just, you know, that trichotomy that we, we are right now of body, soul, and spirit. And we're going to gravitate yeah. to, to something or someone if we're not worshiping Jesus. And so I think these, you know, these people need our prayers, yeah. not our, you know, anything else because they just can't help it. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is to watch people, they'll worship oftentimes anything but the true God. It's like, yeah. I want to worship something but not God. So, you know, I, I don't know. Because it's, it's on just, their terms. Yeah. It is on their terms. And it's also the spiritual opposition. You know, that's yep. going on there or whatever. Sure. But again, you're going to see more and more of just strange worship because you're right, Greg. People are, we are designed to worship God. Yeah. And if we turn away from the worship of God, then we'll worship whatever it is we need to worship. And it's amazing. I, I, that's why I watch these people create their own religions. And I go, how do you create a religion and somehow think it's legitimate? You're the one that came up with it. You created it. I mean, there needs to be something that's outside of you that was already there that you found out about and believed in. Not something you said, I'm going to start a brand new thing. And, and that's exactly like, like the Church of Scientology. They started a brand new religion. You these brand new religions. I mean, even Islam was a brand new religion. Didn't start until the 630. 
70s, you know, uh, A.D. So you look at these and you go, well, what about before that? I mean, what you, you, you stop and think about this. You didn't even exist till the 600s. So did your God just start or what happened? And, and again, but man doesn't think it through that way. You know, I, I think that because our eyes have been opened mm-hmm. and we know God, we can now logic through these things from a, a spiritual sense that makes sense. But it's amazing how illogical people are. Um, they don't have that. I mean, worshiping rocks and trees. I, I, it's shocking to me, but that's what happens when you reject the truth. Yeah, it is. And well, and, and thankfully for us, the Bible gives us indication of that all of these things would be happening. Yeah. Uh, so we we can't think it so strange just yeah. because the Bible tells us that. But yet, it's one thing when you read about it in God's Word, and then it's another thing when you see it played out, yeah. and you're like, "Wow, yeah, yeah." <laughs> you know. Pretty did that, amazing. Did that line up with your expectations? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah. Uh, our next article comes from Fox News, and it says the CDC, the Centers for Deceptive Control, I'm sorry, <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control, yes. my bad, likely to recommend <laughs> annual COVID booster shot. Yeah. That I want to make no sense. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Why? I, I, well, I want to read the article then be, and very gingerly approach the subject for a moment, but I feel a responsibility to some degree. But notice this. The new director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said Thursday that our agency would likely come out with guidance in the fall that Americans should get an annual COVID-19 booster shot. And I quote, we're just on the precipice of that. So I don't want to get ahead of where our scientists are and what they're doing to evaluate the work. But yes, we anticipate that COVID will become similar to flu shots where it's going to be uh, you get your annual flu shot and you get your annual COVID shot. Uh, Dr. Mandy Cohen um, told Spectrum News. Interesting when I see these Cohens. Remember, these are descendants, the Coney, of, the, uh, descendants of the priests. Uh, the priests yeah. Anyway, Spectrum News said that the agency is finalizing the recommendation and is expected to announce it. In early September. You know, again, Greg, I think all of us in this last few years really kind of have lost respect for what is called the scientific community. And this, and I think really what was used almost for intimidation uh, to back people down and to seem authoritative is, you know, follow the science, follow the science, we're the scientists. Well, we've seen now and seen over and over that those who claim to be following the science are just lying about a lot of things. Not just this, but there's yeah. so many things. Even now they're claiming to follow the science when it comes to gender assignment. Well, uh, that's just absurd. It's absurd. We we are denying reality by saying that men can be women and women can be men. No, they can't. It is just a genetic, scientific, biological fact. We talked about the X and Y chromosomes men have, the X and X chromosomes that women have. That is given at birth. It's given by God. You can't change it by any surgery. And they're ruining people's lives, destroying and perverting our children and the next generation. And we've gotten so arrogant about it that somehow we hide behind, yes, we're trusting the science and the facts. No, you're totally foolish and you're blinded by something that has nothing to do with reality. You are completely wrong and bold in your wrongness. And so I think we all of us have now had to take a step back and go, okay, wait a minute. We cannot trust those in the white lab coats just who say they're following the science on this because they're just deceived. Number one, I think many of them honestly deceived. I think some of them, Greg, are honestly lying. That's a funny phrase, honestly lying, but they know they're lying. Some are honestly deceived. Some just don't know. Some spiritual blindness. Some have evil intent. But you, you it, it's incumbent upon all of us. Do your own homework. Do your own research. Don't be ashamed or don't be afraid to look at the facts of what you know to be true uh, based on just reality and then stand on it. And again, when I look at this, uh, when it comes to this whole thing where they say they're, they're, they're following the science here, their doctors are looking at it. I want to handle this, like I said, with kid gloves, to use a, a, an analogy. But here's the bottom line. At first, I want to say this. We, we now know that the, the COVID shots have caused a lot of harm. There's been a lot of pericarditis. Uh, this, Myocarditis, I get this from, 1 yes, in 35. And, and, and this is from, again, 1 in 25 now. They 1 changed in 25, it. they yeah, changed it. it. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, here's the thing. Uh, mm. Dr. Peter McCullough, he's, I'm going I'm to use a doctor, so I'm talking about here. Go check. This is not me, a uh, pastor. Dr. Peter McCullough and many other great doctors who have done their homework uh, uh, and, and also uh, statisticians uh, such as Ed Dowd, um, it is undeniable there's been great damage done by these shots. It's just undeniable. Now, people will attack that as misinformation, and if I was on Twitter, all these things, or whatever the case might be, they might try to, to cancel. But I have a responsibility as a, as a servant of God to, to warn the body of Christ and anyone else that will listen. We now have enough evidence after all these years to realize th- these things are causing great damage. Like you said, pericarditis, which is infection of the heart, uh, myocarditis in the youth. We have heart attacks. We have stroke. 
Um, and, and all these things are happening from these rounds of these uh, mRNA injections that are taking place. And, and, and the bottom line is, I, I like the way Ed Dowd said it when he said, if you just look at this, the stats and the increase of all these things, it, regardless of, of whether anybody knew what they were doing or intended to do, it is now clear by the facts and the stats that our government did more damage than just letting COVID run its course. They did much more damage with the shots than just letting COVID run its course. That's statistically a fact. Somebody can have a fit, they can jump up and down and get politics involved if they want. I'm not, I'm not concerned about politics. That's not my thing. But the facts show that that's just the case. Now, why do I say that? First of all, let me encourage our listeners. If you're one of the first people to get the shot, um, they're now saying that many people that got the initial shots, it didn't do them any harm. And the reason they're saying that is there were uh, the CDC is saying they mixed in, I guess, some saline shots initially with some as they also put the reel out. They were kind of monitoring how it affected the culture and kind of getting a feel for it. And I, I think the CDC is being more open about that now. But in addition, the shots also had to be transported under a certain temperature and under certain conditions for them to to, to, to stay uh, with the same efficacy. And they said that many of those efficacies were broken down because of that. So they're looking at the first round saying, well, a lot of people were not even affected by that. And so if you were a part of that first round or whatever, then then take heart and be encouraged that, that it could be something that has zero impact whatsoever. Um, but again, the reason I bring it up now is, and I've handled this again, like I said, with kid gloves, because I don't want people to be afraid. But I think now we're to the stage, if they really push this, these boosters and trying to say, let's do this coming into the fall, I feel it's responsible for us to be watchmen on the wall, so to speak, for the word of God and for people and their safety. Uh, these things we now, we're now seeing, they're not as safe as what everyone was told. Uh, they're simply not safe and effective. We were, we weren't really told the truth about this. And so we have to say, all right, enough's enough. You know, it's, it's happened. Let's leave it alone. Let's move on. Uh, the body is amazingly resilient. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. But for them to now push another round and to push boosters. And by the way, uh, Pfizer came out and said they're going to try to include them in the flu shots this year. So I would encourage you to even veer away from any anything right now going on. We, everybody needs to step back and take a break from all this, especially when the flu shots are something only like they claim 14% effective anyway. It, you know what? I've, I've had the flu my whole life growing up. It's never killed me. And so I don't, why would I take a chance on some new things they're adding into these shots? I'm saying just use wisdom. Um, I don't want to uh, harp on this too long. I certainly don't, don't want to create fear. I know that I open myself to, up to being attacked as, as misinformation. Whatever the people want to say, all I know is this. I know that the prophets were accused of misinformation whenever they came and spoke the word of God in times past. And I believe that it's incumbent upon us to have boldness to speak the truth about what's going on, to protect the body of Christ, and to protect those in the future, our children, etc. Um, it's like this whole thing we talked about with the gender reassignments. It's evil. It's wicked. It's 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 demonic. Is what it is. And we need to well, speak up against. Yes, and we need to speak up against it. And I want to just finish this by saying this. Look. I'm not going to say who knew what and who didn't know what when it came to this whole campaign of these shots. I'm going to say this. I know that I believe that the demonic realm is behind a lot of these last days events we see going on. We know that Satan is positioning the world for this world leader. We know that we're all getting ready to uh, a condition to be able to take a mark on the hand of the forehead. Maybe this was a, a gigantic conditioning of the world to all go along to see how well will the world go along if we say that the science backs it up, which we now know the science does not back it up. And, and so we have enough information to shut this thing down. Just don't go along with it and protect yourself, protect your family. Uh, it's better just to trust your immunity system that God has given you. I'm not saying there aren't some other things that obviously we can take. I'm not, I'm not opposed to antibiotics and, and even, you know, in the past, certain shots that have stopped certain things. That's not my point. Uh, it seems like every time we talk about this, you have to say, I'm not anti-vax. I've never been that way. I, I had shots growing up. We had our kids get shots. That's not the issue. I'm saying these new things they're doing. With this mRNA technology that we now know does, in, in some does cases, alter does DNA. alter the DNA. That is a study out of Switzerland. Your, your DNA is getting altered. Uh, it's increasing chances of pericarditis, which is infection of the heart. We see myocarditis, swelling of the heart. We're watching people drop dead. We saw it again. Uh, LeBron James' son, you know, Brawny, uh, they Had said the he got the attack. shot and he dropped with the heart, cardiac arrest. You still got DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Greg, there was, a, I think, a, a, a pro tennis player dropped again for the third time and they had to take her out of the tournament here this last week. Yeah, we've had uh, gymnasts. Well, soccer players. Well, here's I mean, what's going to happen. Time, you're going to see a lot countless. more. Be watching. You're going to see more now. Now that the football season is kicking in, you're going to see more of this. Yeah. 
Don't be blind to it. They're trying to tell you that it's simply because of COVID. No, no. there's a direct link now statistically. Okay, just stati- go look at Ed Dowd. He just does statistics for Wall Street. Look him up, Ed Dowd. And, he can, and, and the statistics immediately jump connected to these shots. It has nothing to do with COVID. And it's, and it's time for people to be more vocal and be warned about this. Well, let's specifically talk to the Christian for a minute, Pastor Mark, because um, the world is is going to believe what the world says. Right. And for Christians, and I'm speaking to you, and especially if you're a Christian who's maybe believed the news, you've got to remember that the Bible says that Satan is the god of the airwaves, essentially, is what the Bible is telling us. Prince of the air. Prince prince of the the power of the the air. Yeah, yeah. the prince of the power of the air. Um, And so he has control um, over the media. That doesn't mean that everything that the media says is a lie. Yeah. However, I would say more and more things that are in the media are not true. Yeah. What they are and what they aren't, I cannot sit here and say because we do not have time to go through every news story and do that. But what you have as a Christian is you have the power of God's Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you can ask God to give you supernatural discernment on the things that you're seeing and to put things together so you can see what's right and what's wrong what is for your good and what is for your harm yeah we can't say that to the world but we can say that to you believer yeah that's right and greg here's the thing too before we move on from this one last thing i want to say the Bible says in the last days that a great deception will fall upon the entire world. And here's what I'm saying. Yeah. We need to be warned as believers and maybe make an appeal to any unbelievers that might yeah. be listening and even hear this, that God would open their eyes. Because here's the bottom line. We literally live in a day and age where you can look at a man and somebody says, no, that's a woman. Mm. Or you can look at a woman and somebody says, no, that's a man. It's a total denial of reality. It is a blinding and it is a deception. That is not to hurt feelings. That's not to try to make Romans somebody chapter feel. one. It's if the Bible said it's going to happen in the last days. And yes, Romans chapter one lines it out. And so we, as those that are spokesmen of the truth for God almighty, that have been called by the Lord, we have a responsibility to speak up and not be afraid to say the truth. And again, yes, avoid, you know, a lot of these things out there. People talk about your conspiracy theories, et cetera. But once you see the facts, the statistics are now coming out. Don't ignore what your eyes clearly see in the statistics. Forget politics. Forget emotions. Go and look at the facts. It is it is the um, um, immediately linked to all this stuff. You can find the information if you want. And I'll just again, I'm gonna say Ed Dowd's name. Go look for Ed Dowd online. Said D O W D O W D. And this guy, he's worked for Wall Street for years. As far as investment, he does statistical things so that investors know what to invest in to know the direction of things. All he does is statistics. His statistics show without a doubt that these things are linked to the campaign of the shots. There's no way There's no way around it. And so it's time for us to stop playing games and just face the reality of it and stop it. This is enough. We've gone far enough with it. And don't let, your, don't let reality, uh, don't let politics and emotions override reality. And uh, I'll leave it at that. But again, I just, I really felt in my heart an extra, you know, we hadn't said anything about anything like this in a long time. But I, I'm very cautious on it because I want to uh, not put fear in the heart, especially, you know, the believers or really anybody out there to give you that encouragement that many of the first round uh, was really, you know, kind of nothing. Um, but at the same time, don't don't keep down this path. OK, enough has happened. It's time to move on now and 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 just be aware. Eyes wide open as we head into the last days of great deception, which really I'm not even going to attribute to man. I'm going to say this is spiritual. It rises much Absolutely. higher. This is Satan yes. of the demonic realm. Uh, Jesus said this. Um, he says, I've come to give life and life more abundant, but the enemy that is Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he wants to do. And so have your eyes wide open. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times. It's our weekly take on Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we have tagged this week is podcast number 273, available through all of your popular podcast outlets. And now... Pastor Mark, we have three questions this week. Question number one comes to us from Megan, who enjoys Signs of the Times in South Carolina. Her question is about weird wildlife. 
She says, here lately I've seen several news articles about whales and sharks attacking boats. (laughs) That's never good. Uh, There's also been several occurrences of beached whales that seem to be beached for no explanation other than that they just lost their way. Add to that the animals moving in circles that happened in the last few years. Lastly, the century plant has been blooming everywhere lately. It does flower, but it's strange that so many are flowering at once all across the U.S. Will the order of the animal and plant kingdoms be out of sync as well during the end times, not just because of interactions from man? Yeah, that's a great question. And and really, there's uh, a couple things I want to address on here, uh, Megan. First of all, yes, the Bible does say that you're going to see strange happenings in our earth and environment in the last days. And the Bible tells us why. Uh, the Bible says that, that the, the earth is groaning, that he says that we're groaning. Indeed, we're groaning. Mankind is groaning. Um, you know, for the return of the Lord. But the Bible also says that the earth is groaning as well. Remember, it wasn't just man that was um, cursed in the fall. The earth as well was cursed in the fall. And so the earth groans even as man groans. So you're going to see all kinds of environmental things affecting the animals and the earth is the first point. Could we put, could we put that in terms of we could- all of his creation groans. Yeah, that's the whole because, point. Well, I know, but when we when we when we hear the word Earth, okay, we think okay. of the physical ball. You know, we think of the physical planet, but we don't necessarily attribute that to everything he's created that's in and on the earth. Yes, that's exactly right. The yeah. Bible says that all creation groans, yeah. um, you know, for the, for the return of the Lord. So, yes, all yeah. creation, and, and you're right, it includes the animals as well. So all creation is groaning and will be groaning. Um, so you're going to see all kinds of bizarre things in the environment, in nature, in animals, etc. But I want to add one other caveat to that because it's interesting. God talks to Israel about a, a nation that honors God and a, and a people that honors God and a people that dishonors God and what the results of that will be. And it's very interesting when you read the blessings of a nation that honors God. He goes down the whole list of blessings. Then you get to um, the cursings that happen to a nation. One of the things that God mentions in a nation and or world that turns from God is, is he begins to release the, he begins to remove his, his, um, his restraint on the, on the animal kingdom when it comes to how they deal with mankind. Mm. In other words, he said, you, when, 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 a, when a people turn from God, and, and now we're seeing it worldwide, we're seeing it in our, in our nation specifically, but worldwide. What God is saying is, as a people or world in this whole case turns against God, he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove that restraining power over the animal kingdom, and you're going to see animals affecting mankind in a greater way and attacking. And God even says you're going to see animals, um, the wild beasts, uh, you know, attacking mankind more uh, because God's removing his hand. So I think you're seeing earth groaning. You also may be seeing some of the result where God said the curses that will come for a people that turn away from God and this be, be, you know, bizarre behavior. I just read again yesterday, a man was attacked in his own house in Pennsylvania by a black bear in his own garage. Uh, that happened this yesterday, I think. Um, you, uh, you, also yesterday, there were some, uh, river otters. They say it's very rare. Attack some guys that were tubing, just attacked them in the river. That happened yesterday as well. Uh, those are articles I saw today. Yeah. Um, and so then we, th- she's asking about the sharks that are attacking the boats and all these things. So I think you're seeing both. I think you're seeing creation groaning because they're freaking out. They don't know what's going on. They don't fully understand. And also, um, God, the Bible says the restrainer is what's keeping Satan from totally taking the world over. And God says, I will remove my restraint from the animal kingdom. The more and more man turns from me. And he says, you're going to, they're going to bereave you of your children. You're going to see animals attacking, et cetera. Again, I saw what yesterday, again, more shark attacks they're talking about this year. So I, I do think there's a kind of a dual combo going on here that we yeah. need to keep our eyes open to at least as believers in the word of God. Wow. All right, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Neil who enjoys Signs of the Times right here in Knoxville. He has a question about purgatory. He says, I have a friend that exhaustingly brings up the subject of a purgatory. A Catholic, he claims all must confess their sins to a priest and receive the Eucharist or go to hell. Additionally, if you have sinned, even if you have confessed, confessed, you must be purified by a sentence in purgatory. He represent he or he presents rather very sketchy biblical evidence of purgatory. How does one answer this assertion? I find no solid references in the Bible. The only logic I can come up with is that Christ will be here for a thousand year reign, and if most are in purgatory, who will be with him on earth? Yeah, again, a great question, yeah. Neil. You know, it's interesting. I think that a lot of times we feel when people bring these false teachings in, and it is indeed a false teaching, that we have to somehow defend it. Really. 
It's the onus isn't on us. It's on it's on your relative here, Neil. It's on the the, the your one friend. your friend rather, yeah. uh, and that is and that is okay. You say that will show me scripture. There is no scripture to back up purgatory. Purgatory is a made up doctrine by the Catholic Church that was made up to earn money. Uh, they created it because they said if we can make people believe that they can go to this place purgatory and they pay us more money, then we can get them out of purgatory quicker because we can do these earthly prayers and rituals and get them out. There is zero scripture. Zero backing for a purgatory. It is totally a man-made doctrine. Uh, books outside of the Bible. You may find uh, apocryphal books that may mention it. You may find Catholic writings that mention it. But you will not find any Bible at all that mentions purgatory whatsoever. So I would say to them, when they say, you know, how do I defend that? I'd say, well, show me scripture, something in the Bible. Not the apocrypha, not the writings of the Catholic Church. Show me in the scripture. They won't be able to find anything. Now, with that said... They may try to say, hey, what about with Lazarus and the rich man? And you see the rich man down there in Hades and uh, and Lazarus. Well, it tells where he is. He's in Hades. It's He's not, not purgatory. Exactly. And the Bible clearly tells us that Hades is a holding tank for all the unbelievers until Judgment Day. So what happens is when an unbeliever dies, they don't go to hell. Nobody's in hell, the Bible tells us in Revelation, until uh, the lake of fire, at the, uh, the, the false prophet, the Antichrist, are the first two thrown in at the beginning of the thousand-year reign. And then everyone else is called up out of Hades, who doesn't know Christ, at the end of the thousand years, before the great white throne, the final judgment, and then they're cast into hell. So no one is in hell yet. But it says that every unbeliever, where are they? Well, they go to Hades it's that holding tank, and that's where they are. It is not purgatory. They can't earn their way out of it. There's no way they can get any better. Nobody can pray them out of it. It's simply you're held there until the final day of judgment. So, again, on the first part of the question, I would say, look, it's not on you to try to defend anything. It's on them to say, hey, show me verse in Scripture. You can't. It's not in the Bible. Uh, James 5.16 talks about confessing your sins one to another, and uh, I think it's in the same verse that uh, the prayers of a righteous man avail much. Right. But, but, that's in, but that's in seeking forgiveness and making reconciliation one to another. Yeah. It, it's, it's, not, it's not to be used to say, oh, we'll see if we'll confess one to another, so we need to go into a confessional and confess our sins to a priest. The problem is, is that the priest is assuming the position of a mediator. And in Hebrews it says, and I believe it's in Hebrews... It, um, First Timothy two five. First Timothy two five. Oh, so you've already got it. So why don't got you go it. ahead? Yeah, that's the second Sorry. part of the question. No, <laughs> yes. you, that's okay. the second part of the question. The second part of the question was, and, and that's good. You were there. Yeah. I'm not going to just let you do it. But the no, second no, part, you're fine. The second part of the question was, do we need a, do we need a priest now to mediate for anything to do with our sins? Because again, he asked her, do you have to go to sins again? It's not on you to have to. Uh, you know, you can show them this, and I would, but but they have they have zero scripture, zero that they can give you from the Bible. That says you're to go to any priest or anybody to confess your sin because all the law was done away when Jesus died on the cross. And if they try to use the Old Testament, no, the law was done away. Jesus did away with that. But as you were saying there, uh, Greg, First Timothy 2 5 says this For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Period. Period. As they say, full stop. End of discussion. There is no, you don't go to Mary. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. You don't go to a priest. They have zero authority. You go to our high priest, the one and only Jesus Christ, Lord of the universe, Savior of all mankind, God in human form, and now God again in spirit in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He alone is the one you go to. He alone is our mediator. And so, again, these are non-biblical, non-scriptural things that the Catholic Church has brought in. And I want to just say this. Look, I know there are Catholics that know the Lord and maybe even some listening to this radio station. I'm not trying to attack you personally. And I'm not saying that, that they're Catholics that don't know Christ. I'm simply saying the Catholic Church, and we've got to be bold about this so that we can rescue as many in the last days as possible. The Catholic Church has many false doctrines. One of those false doctrines is purgatory. Another false doctrine is that you pray to Mary or a priest to go to them for your forgiveness of sin. It is absolutely against the Bible. The Bible makes it very clear, and you've got to choose. Am I going to believe God or am I going to believe man? As for me... We're going to believe God. It's like Peter, when we stand before the Sanhedrin, he said, look, whether it's right to obey man or God, you decide. We must obey God. And the only way we know that it's God is the word of God, the Bible. And the Bible's clear on all these subjects. These are false teachings. 
All right, Pastor Mark, our last question comes from James, who also enjoys our show here in Knoxville. And he's got a question about dinosaurs and evolution. Yes. He says, how do I speak to my children about dinosaurs and evolution as they enter kindergarten? Yeah, what a great question, uh, James. Thank you for for mentioning that. You know, it's interesting. Again, we come down to whether or not we're going to believe man or the Bible. Let me just lay the foundation here. For those listening, answer this question before I even get into this. Are you going to believe man or the Bible? And I already anticipate some um, um, opposition questions when I say what I'm going to say, and I'll I'll cover that as well. Man says that the earth is millions of years old and that dinosaurs were before mankind. Okay? Let me just say, first of all, um, as I have done research and lots of it over the years, our dating methods are inextricably flawed. They are, there are assumptions that are built into our dating methods. Assumption, assumptions in carbon dating. Assumptions in, in, in how much carbon is in the atmosphere as compared to what it was thousands of years ago. There are assumptions built in. There, there was a sapling, a little tree, that uh, was in not that distant future was, uh, carb- was not carbon dated. It was dated, I think even by maybe even radiometric dating, mm-hmm. uh, to be 150,000 years old. And for those of you that believe that uh, carbon dating can date something to millions of years, that which obviously it, a sapling can't be 150,000 years old. It shows you there's something wrong in, in the genetics, I mean, something wrong in the, in, the, in the understanding of science there. Carbon dating at its peak can only do 60,000 years back, and, and, and I'll say at its peak, 60,000 to 100,000. Some say you may be able to get back as much as 100,000 years to carbon date something. 60,000 is what most believe, scientifically, that it can be. And so when you go and get the bones and test them or whatever, you can't go back any farther. And the reason being is the half-life. As the half-life goes down, they, it, it goes down so quickly, you can't get more than 60,000 to 100,000 years. So when you go and do these dinosaur bones and they say they're carbon dating them to millions, it is scientifically impossible. You cannot carbon date anything beyond 60,000 to 100,000 years old. Again, you want scientists to back you up. Go to Answers in Genesis. There are great in-depth scientific uh, 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 teachings that show you that to be a fact. And so, first of all, the dating methods are hugely flawed. Now, with that said, with that said, um, again, you go back to the, the, the dinosaurs. The Bible tells us that God created everything that was created in that six-day period of the earth being created. Okay? Which means dinosaurs were created at the same time of man. Now, if you say, well, that's crazy. Uh, those days weren't real days. They were millions of years. There's an entire, there's a very easy statistical study on the word usage in the Bible. It has to mean day. It can only mean 24 hour day or the rest of the Bible is false. And again, you'll find that information, uh, by the scientists there. Uh, it answers in Genesis, uh, or, 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 or the, or I was the other. say the Institute for Creation they Research these, would yes, be yes, another one. Yes. Go do go your homework. To. They have great research stuff there. Um, that's there, et cetera. So, uh, and, and let me give them a little more science and then I'll get back to another. Other reason that I believe we can say that they were created with man and explain why they're gone. But in addition to that, um, not that long ago, the Creation Institute for Creation Science got diamonds from all over the world. They, that's the hardest substance known to man is diamonds. They cannot be penetrated by any outside influence. They're totally an enclosed in, uh, 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 entity. All right, you can't get in there. Nothing can leach. They call it leaching. Like in the bones, you find carbon. It's that's from the water has gone into the bone. It's leached into them, so they can check the carbon dating from what's leached in, etc. Blah blah blah. Um, you can't leach a diamond. Diamonds are impenetrable. Nothing can get into a diamond known to man. They're not only the hardest substance known to man, hardest gem, if you will, hardest rock. They also, scientists agree, are the oldest on the planet. Scientists across the board, look it up, they'll all say a diamond is the oldest on the planet, okay, regardless of your dating methods. So they cut diamonds open, and they sent them to separate labs, not Christian labs, real, just normal labs around the globe. Five different labs, I think, or, or to a couple of different labs from five different regions of the, of the world. And they found inside of these uh, diamonds, every one of them had helium. It's a big deal. Helium has a half-life of 6,000 years maximum, which means the diamonds they had tested could not be any older than 6,000 years old. That's just the science. Now, do your homework. That's up to you. Jump up and down, scream at the radio. Whatever you want to do, that's the facts. Go look it up. You'll find that at, at, at Creation Science Institute. I don't think you'll find that at Answers in Genesis. But anyway, with that said, 
Here's the biggest biblical reason. Forget the science for a moment. I want to share a little bit of science, but let's forget the science for a moment. And, and let me say this. No matter how old you think dinosaurs are, the Bible says that sin did not enter, sin and death did not enter the world except through one man, the man Adam. From our Bible, we can at least go back and see Adam goes back about 6,000 years. You can do the genealogies and from just the Bible. That doesn't prove that man's not millions of years old, but it does prove that Adam wasn't. Adam goes back to about 6,000 years, and we can show from the genealogies of the Bible, etc. You can follow all, all the way back, okay? Um, dinosaurs had to be alive at the same time of man because they died. And, and if you say that dinosaurs died before man, say millions of years ago, in some eon before man, then you're denying the Bible. What you're saying is, is that sin and death entered the world, or at least death, you're saying that death entered the world before Adam. And if that's the case, because they say that, well, here's the way even, even Christians try to justify it. They say, well, you had uh, the dinosaurs lived, and there's a break in, in verse 1 and 2 of Genesis. They call it the gap theory. And they say dinosaurs lived there, and the millions of years went by. Then Adam came along. Well, problem, problem, you've got death prior to when the Bible says death entered. Okay, so you see the problem here. No, death entered through one man, Adam, which means Death began at Adam, and, and everything had to die after Adam. That means dinosaurs had to be alive after Adam in order for them to die. Any dinosaur alive before Adam would mean the Scripture is wrong. And once again, I reject that the Bible is wrong. We either believe God or we believe man. I don't know why certain things date to that. I know there are great flaws in the dating methods, but I do know this, regardless of what the dating methods show, and we don't have all the science. Remember, we're starting from a fallen brain and from limited information. God has all the information. God could have created the earth with age built in. I don't know, but I know the dating methods are flawed. Here's what I do know. Death didn't happen until after Adam, and we can date Adam back to 6,000 years ago. So anybody that says dinosaurs are millions of years old, there's a problem. Now, where are some great resources for the kiddos? Answers in Genesis. I want to point you to them again. They have some of the best children's creation curriculum, and they show not only God creating the dinosaurs along with man, they also show uh, theories of how the dinosaurs may have died out. Again, I believe the majority of the dinosaurs died out in the flood, and why do I believe that? Bones typically don't reserve and fossilize that way unless there's a flooding, a moisture and a water and a quick burial. You've got to have a fast burial and moisture to get fossils. Well, what happened in the flood? A fast burial and lots of water, and now you have all these dinosaur bones. So you say, well, it took millions of years to turn into rock. No. No, as a matter of fact, again, answers in Genesis and these other scientists, they have found hats. There's a hat, Greg. A man's hat was lost in a cave that got buried quickly by, by mud and water. They found the hat, and it's, it's fossilized. It is a totally rock hat that we know can't be older than the man that was in that cave. So don't listen to what people tell you. Do your own homework. We now know that, yes, in the right conditions, things can fossilize and turn to rock very, very rapidly. And so Answers in Genesis has a great curriculum with that. I believe that probably the flood killed off the majority of the dinosaurs. Also, we know that dinosaurs, we know there was a, it would appear, Greg, from what we find now in, in, in fossilized things, there was a higher oxygen content prior to the flood. Now, I don't know why the, the oxygen content in the earth changed. When the flood happened and the waters of the heavens were released and all that, it would appear from what we're finding in some fossilized records, again from Answers in Genesis and others, that we can now show scientifically through tests and studies that the oxygen level of the earth went down, which would be another reason now that we don't heal as quickly because oxygen heals mankind. Mm. So we believe there was probably a faster healing process uh, prior to the flood. Right. But now get this. Dinosaurs are just reptiles that lived for a long time, and reptiles don't stop growing. We know that. They grow till they die. Okay, they're like ears on men. <laughs> Literally, ears keep growing. Ears and noses on men until they die. Or the hair on your ears. Yeah, yes. are. But, 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 but reptiles do that. We know that scientifically now. Here's the thing. Think of the size of a Tyrannosaurus rex. Think of the size of a Baronosaurus. Okay, Greg? Think of their lungs. How much oxygen would it take to keep them oxygenated as they lived their life, as they hunted, as they traveled, as they whatever? If, if, if even those, and, and that means some dinosaurs would have come on the ark. Okay. Now, when people think of that, they think, oh, well, how could you fit a dinosaur on the ark? There are babies. Everybody remember, there are babies 
All God had to do was bring baby dinosaurs. They put them on the ark. The baby dinosaurs come off. They grow, but as they grow, you would slowly see them fade out, very possibly because of a lower oxygen content than what their parents had prior to the flood. Because as the Tyrannosaurus Rex and those begin to take on their full size, they could not get the oxygen, oxygen flow exactly. from the environment, which means they would slowly die out due to probably heart problems, all kinds of things, having a lower oxygen flow. So there are a number of different explanations. So really, I gave you probably more information than you were intending there, but I would say some of the best information on explaining um, uh, dinosaurs and people, they have some great scientific at a child level that is very scientifically solid, gives some great explanations from science and from kids with at answers yeah. in Genesis, kids' answers in Genesis. We've taught the curriculum here. It is a fantastic curriculum. I point you to that, James, and God bless you for doing that, to pour into your kids, to let them know, yes, you can believe the Bible. You don't have to believe this nonsense by man that we're millions of years old. No, the Bible tells us what happened, when it happened, and the science backs it up. Praise the Lord. Great questions yes. this week. Yes. If you've got a question like these folks did, just uh, hit us up at thewaymedia.net. Just look for Signs of the Times. You can do the same thing on the Waymedia app, and we always look forward to your questions. You may be a businessman or some All right. Let's get into some one-world government news. This is from the Washington Examiner. Quite Orwellian, it says. Trips to Europe will require visa and personal data from travelers starting in 2024, which is just less than six months from now. Yeah, if you're planning your Italy trip and you don't want them to get all your personal information, you may want to speed up the calendar. I want to jet off to Italy, Spain, or France starting in 2024. Again, aside from all the riots and, uh, and looting... Uh, travelers are going to have to start traveling uh, to the European Union countries. Oh They'll have to not only look at their flight and hotel and bring their uh, a small uh, you know, small arms with them. Yes. Uh, they also have to fill out an online application before traveling on their trip. And I'm adding in all the silly stuff. That's yes. not in this article. Travelers will be required to fill out personal information, including date and place of birth, home address, parents' names, phone number, email, nationality, education, occupation, planned travel destination, and criminal history. I know I went fast. I did that on purpose to make the point. Niall Gardner, a former aide to British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, and Niall is a great British name, called the new EU program Orwellian. He said, I do see this as a big government overreach. No kidding. It's quite Orwellian with the amount of information that the EU officials are requesting. Uh, again, and why would they be doing this, Craig? Here's my point on this, and, and I'll move quickly because I know our time's running out. But uh, here's the bottom line. Remember... The revived Roman Empire, headed up by the Antichrist, is going to be based out of Europe, it tells us in Revelation. In order to be able to track everyone, they're going to need everyone's information. They're going to be putting that in something that's going to go in the hand of the forehead. This is just further information gathering in Europe, the future revived Roman Empire, that's going to link into all this other data stuff. It doesn't surprise me at all they're doing this. They're just getting more information. And by the way, I'm not saying just give them all the information, but look... You can't hide it. They're going to get all your information. You just need Jesus. Trust the Lord. He's going to protect us till he takes us out of here. Don't freak out about it. Relax. Jesus is on the throne. But yes, this is a, a simply, I believe, an end times process of getting ready for this one world government based out of Europe. Hmm. And take your money to Europe and exchange it. Your, your digital money. Your digital your paper money. money won't be good much longer. <laughs> This is from Breitbart.com, America's Fall from Supremacy. Yeah. The Global South's campaign to dethrone the dollar. Yes. A new a new group of players here, Pastor Mark. It is. You know what you know why they're not gonna make the dollar any longer? Why? They said it was long enough. <laughs> Sorry. Dumb joke. Dumb joke. The US dollar has dominated the world economy for nearly eighty years and served as the principal reserve currency and unit for the international trade, but now a conglomeration of the world's emerging markets known as BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. See Not how clever Lego that bricks. is? That's right. That's right. See, uh, seek to topple U.S. economic supremacy by establishing a new currency. So as many as 19 countries, including Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, are joining the ranks of BRICS to catalyze a shift in the world economic order. Okay, the BRICS was originally formed as a union of developing countries to address the marginalization faced by the global south in the areas such as security and trade, the, though the original intent of the alliance was not to supplant the dollar's hegemony, the quest to achieve multilateralism, escape U.S. sanctions, and dodge unfair trade regulations makes de-dollarization a crucial objective in BRICS. The new currency will be used for trade among BRICS nations to eliminate the need for foreign countries and park transactions in dollar-dominated assets. 
BRICS countries will achieve economic independence and no longer be servile to the U.S. monetary system. Now, this is interesting. It's backed up by gold. Imagine that. Uh, that means it's going to be a solid currency. Greg, I believe you're going to see a lot of people shifting over to BRICS because it's backed by gold. The American dollar is not backed by gold. It's simply paper. So when it falls, it has no value. There's gold to back this up. And again... I thought our currency was backed by gold. No, no. no. It oh, is okay. not. That ended back 40, 50 years oh, ago. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That's, no, it's not. And so Guess that's, I should start watching well, the news. Well, that's why. But again, <laughs> that's why the BRICS currency, again, you know, people are looking for things. The, the, the world leaders are hoarding gold, and they're doing it because they want to be able to back their currencies with gold and shift away from the dollar, which is not backed by anything but our, our name. Yeah. And so, so it, here's the bottom line. You're watching now this world economic system come together. Um, BRICS right now is, is five nations. They, they're supposedly having five more join them, which, of course, has a lot of the prophecy guys going, there's ten nations. Look, I don't know what's going on. There may be something there, maybe not. Don't get overreactive on that kind of stuff. A lot of times I've seen that where people talked about when the European Union was at ten. Exactly, then, then all of a sudden it yes. jumped to twelve, thirteen, and four. And then everybody's like, oh, okay, never mind. So be careful to jump on a bandwagon too quick about what BRICS is or isn't. But here's the bottom line. Here's what it is. It's an alternative currency that is going to help sink the dollar, and uh, the dollar's going down. And well, it's leading toward the worldwide economic union. I was going to say, union. It, the, the ultimate fulfillment of a one-world economy is going to be there. Yep, so absolutely. That's, the it's, that's where it's headed. Yep. And we're headed for some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Yeah. It's on sale this week, so Pastor Mark and I are going to run down there after the show and go get us a bushel. Yes. Full. Yes. Uh, this is from Israel 365 News. Storm devastates Washington as the Biden administration plans for Israel to concede land. Yeah. This is a story that just reminds you, uh, if you want proof that God is still in control, here's your story. You know, Greg, even before I read it, there's a lot of people that I respect that say, hey, this is nonsense to be looking at storms related to Israel. I mean, well-respected guys that I love and pastors and all that. But here's what I'm going to say. I see a consistency here that every time America goes against Israel on some major issue, we have some major cataclysmic, uh, a devastating event in the nation. And I, I, as much as I respect those who say it has nothing to do with it, I, I'm, I'm having trouble saying that I don't think there's not some kind of link there. I mean, I, I just, it seems like every time, you know, Genesis 12, 3 said, those that bless you, I'll bless those who curse you, I'll curse. And we see this consistent things taking place whenever there's something that we go against directly, the nation of Israel, which God calls the apple of his eye. And here's another one. One of the worst storms in decades ripped through Washington, D.C. over the weekend, leaving devastation in its path. The storms comes as the Biden administration announced negotiations with Saudi Arabia that would require Israel to make massive concessions in the land of the Palestinians. While the two seem unconnected, students of history know that milestones in the land for peace process have always been accompanied by natural disasters. I mean, it's just true. Go back and look at it. It is just, you can do your homework. It is just a fact. Well, you don't even have to do your homework. Just get the book Eye to Eye, E-Y-E to E-Y-E by Bill Koenig. He chronicles all of this, including the most recent that's the biggest in our lifetime, and that is Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is something, again, all these kind of things you want to go with caution toward because you want want to make sure you don't jump on some bandwagon of of people that are overreactive and overemotional. We have to keep a good, solid balance. But I tell you, I do see whenever... I see uh, us doing something directly against the nation of Israel, I expect to see some some big catastrophic thing. And, you know, it's never failed me. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens so far every time. So um, keep your eye on that and, and keep your eye. Really, I guess what I would say is keep your eye on the fact that every time we deal with Israel, if we're doing something against them, just watch what happens. It's very interesting. Keep on your spiritual glasses. Um, but more than that, as we come to the end of the show today, I would say this, look, it's one thing to see, um, natural disasters or catastrophes or maybe supernatural disasters when we go against the nation of Israel, um, or any other nation does. But the Bible does tell us there is going to be a consequence for all those who reject the gift of God's son, Jesus Christ. You know, the, the world's falling apart. We all see it. The Bible tells us that Jesus has come to the earth, God in the form of man to die for the sins of mankind to rescue us. Look, we need a savior. Why? Because we are born sinners. And the Bible says the only way we can be forgiven of our sin is by the blood, the perfect blood of a perfect man, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross 2000 years ago. And no one's going to get to heaven without that blood. You cannot get in. So what the church is mandated first and foremost, it's great looking at prophecy. I I love the show. But more than that, we want to see people in heaven. And here's the bottom line. If you're listening today and you don't know that you're going to heaven, the Bible says you're a sinner. You're born with it. And you know you're guilty of sin. Nobody has to tell you that. 
The only way that sin can be forgiven, the Bible says, is that you've got to believe that Jesus paid your bill in his blood. He paid for your cost. And what you have to do now is confess that sin to the Lord, ask him to forgive you of that sin, believe he died for you on the cross with his blood, and repent of your sin. That is, turn from it. And the Bible says you'll be born again and have your place in the kingdom. So while we do enjoy sharing with you prophecy and and and, and enjoy the things that God has told us we're going towards going to happen in the future, we care more about your soul eternally. Choose Jesus Christ today. Welcome to the kingdom if you do that. And if, you, if you've given your life to the Lord you want to pray that prayer, contact us. We'd love to get you some materials and get you plugged in and get you started in your walk with the Lord. So that's, again, the best message we can give today. Yes, it is, Pastor Mark. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Don't forget, you can read the articles that we talk about and go right to the sources when you go to the Waymedia app. Click on Signs of the Times. We post the PDF document with every episode that we have. And we will do the same next Friday at 1.30 as we continue to discuss the Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. Follow.